Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. You're listening to a teaching message by Vintage Church in Harker Heights, Texas. Whenever and wherever you are listening to this, our hope is that you are encouraged and challenged by this message and that you are inspired to take your next step with Jesus. For more information, please visit us at vintage.church or follow us on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to week two of our series, Good for the Soul, where we're talking about how to become who God created you to be, not starting with the outward circumstances or our outward life, but our inner life. We're really talking about the soul, how if we can change some of the things on the inside, they'll result to better outcomes. I want to remind you, last week we really laid the foundation for this new series, and I want to just recap a little bit because it's really important that we're building on a solid foundation. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 20, the Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. Integrity is the key word there. It's not about being perfect or always having it together or never having any issues. Integrity is all about wholeness. It's about the parts, integers, where that word comes from. It's about our parts equaling the whole. What you see is what you get. So as we talk about wholeness, this is a big idea for the series, dealing with your soul is the only thing that will make you whole. All of us, we know that's true. We've seen people who have had great circumstances, great things happen, but they're still empty, they're still unfulfilled. And then we've seen people that maybe didn't have as much or didn't have perfect circumstances, and they seem whole and fulfilled. What's different? It's all about the soul. You know, today I'm really excited. We're going to be talking about some habits today. Specifically, we're going to talk about the habit of rest. But, you know, I was thinking about these habits that we have. You know, many of us, when we want to, uh, we want to lose some weight, we start working on our diet. You know, we have our body, right? We have some habits for our body. You know, I was thinking about this. You know, we might need some new habits for our body. Uh, if you think that the round hole on the treadmill is for Pringles and not water bottles, come on. That's funny, right? You might need some new habits for your body. When the waiter asks you, how would you like your eggs? And you say, in a cake. Come on, somebody, it's funny. <laughs> how about this? The only time the word fitness comes out of your mouth is when you're looking at fitting that donut in your mouth. <laughs> That's funny. And last but not least, you may need a better uh, good body habit if you think a balanced diet means having a piece of cake in each hand. In each hand. Now, come on, that's funny. But did you know, just like habits for your body, you need to have good habits for your soul. Why is that? We need to have good habits for our soul to avoid feeling spiritually empty, to, be, to, to avoid being so busy we never see an end or rest inside, never being able to slow down and enjoy the greatest things in life. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to a key passage, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. It really lays out the foundation for why this is important. The Apostle Paul writes there to the church at Thessalonica, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Christ comes 
again. Remember in this conversation, all right, we're moving from our spirit. Here's the whole you. God always works on the inside out, right? You are a spirit. That's the part of you that connects with God. That's the part that's made alive in Christ. You have a soul. That's what we're working on, right? You have a soul and it's greatly influenced by your parents. We learned about that last week, your family of origin, by how you were raised, by the experiences that you have, right? That's your thinker, how you think, how you feel, how you choose, your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's what we're focusing on, all right? And then you have your body. That's what you interact with the world around you with, right? So you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you reside in a body. So when we talk about soul habits, we're focusing on changing the way we think, right? That will end up changing the way we feel, which will work itself out to you and I making better choices, more aligned with God's purpose. And so we're going to talk about a habit that's really good for the soul today. We're going to talk about how to rest, how to rest. Everyone take a deep breath in, let it out. We're going to talk about rest. You know, we live in a culture and a time where society's moving and pushing us at light speed. Everything's so fast. Think about it for a minute. Information, speed, right? Emails, text, demands, quotas, pressure, constantly bombarding us. Go, do, become, reach, perform. You know, if you think about it for a little while, maybe you, maybe you, you bump into somebody you haven't seen in a while. What's the first thing that you ask? You say, how are you doing? And what's their response? Almost nine out of 10 times. I'm just busy. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, you're busy. Now look at your second choice on the other side and say, but you don't have to be. Perhaps instead of asking people how they're doing, we could get more specific and we would ask, how's your soul doing instead? But for whatever reason, we don't do that. Why? Because the life pressures that get to us, they put us in a place of anxiety, fear, restlessness. Here's what I found. The faster your life goes, the more restless your soul becomes. You and I, we have got to learn how to slow down and rest Why? Because our outer life is impacted by our inner life. Write that down. Because what happens on the outside, right? There's a deeper issue than just our symptoms. There's a root cause. You know, we actually see this restlessness come into human history in the story of Cain and Abel. It's really the origin of restlessness. Cain and Abel were brothers and Cain got jealous of Abel because God accepted Abel's sacrifice and rejected The reality is Abel put his trust in God. Cain put his trust in the world, put his trust in what was around him. And and they both take an offering, right? Cain brings the first, or Abel brings the first, what God asked. And it shows trust in God. And Cain brought what he wanted when he wanted, right? He didn't trust God. He held back from God, right? God accepts Abel's sacrifice, doesn't accept Cain's. Cain gets super angry and mad, Super angry and reaches out and kills his brother. Look at what the curse was on Cain in Genesis 4, 11. He says, now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield crops for you. No matter how hard you work from now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Think about this for a moment. A restless wanderer. So many people like Cain, you have a restless soul. Why? Because you seek not to honor God, but you're trying to keep up and make everyone else in your life happy. You're always searching, but never finding. You're interested in everything, but satisfied with nothing. 
Think about it for just a moment. Why are we as a culture, as a society, as individuals, so anxious, tense, worried, and concerned? Our minds don't know how to shut down. When we try to rest at night, our soul doesn't rest. What is it that's a restless soul? So how do we find rest? I'm so glad you came to church today. I'm so glad you're listening to this message. I'm going to tell you how. Our soul finds lasting rest. Don't miss this. In God alone. The quicker you understand this truth, the quicker you lean into this reality, the better your life is going to be. No relationship with God equals no rest. Psalm 62.1, I wait patiently before God, for my victory comes from him. Look what Jesus has to say about soul rest in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Look, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, for I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for what? For your souls. You know, the, the results of anxiety and stress and our, our inability to really to slow down and to, to rest and to, to operate in a rhythm of grace that's sustainable comes down to uh, a root cause. You know, I, I, I'm, my wife's a physician and, and I love, you know, listening to her. She'll, she'll tell me interesting stories and things that happened during her day. And I don't know if you've had the, the chance to go into a physician's office. Likely you've been to a doctor and you've said, hey, this hurts and things are going on. What, what does the doctor do for you? What does the doctor do? The doctor prescribes to you a different way to live. Okay, that's what a doctor does. Sometimes that involves medicine. They'll give you some medicine to help you through a difficult time. Sometimes it says adjusting your lifestyle. For example, you have high blood pressure. Maybe, maybe, right, you shouldn't be working 80 hours a week. Maybe you should learn to rest. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about God's prescription for rest. I really believe what ails many believers is our inability to rest. And this prescription is going to really, really help us. The first part of the prescription, the first thing God would prescribe to us about rest would be this. Be still. Seems so simple. Be still. Look what Psalm says in Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. I think sometimes we can't be still because we don't trust God. Stop. Pause, wait, and know, not just in your head, but in your soul, that God is in control, that he's on the throne. Look what King David said in Psalm 131, verse 2. He says, instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. If you are restless in your soul before you burn out, one of the most important disciplines you can do daily is to stop and be still before God for the sole purpose of knowing him and nothing else. Just do it. Sit quietly for five minutes. You know, I wake up every single morning right around four o'clock in the morning. I'm an early riser, not because I was naturally that way, but because I've disciplined myself to be that way. I get up and man, for the first 30 minutes, I'm quiet. I don't get on my phone. I don't send texts or emails. I, don't, I quiet myself. Then for the following 30 minutes, I open the word. You may say, well, I don't, I don't have time to be still before God. I would challenge you and say, you don't have time to not be still before God. The things that we face in our world today, the things that God's called you to do, 
and to be in your life for the people who count on you, you've got to learn to be still. The next thing that I believe God would say is wait for him. Wait for God. So we're still, but then we've got to just wait. Just not just pause, be still, but just, just don't move. Psalm 37, 7 says this, be still in the presence of the Lord. Look at this. And wait patiently for him to act. How many times do we get ahead of God? Sure, we may pause for a moment. We may be still, but then we just move without waiting for him to speak to us. What are we doing to wait on God, to release tension, the pressure, the stresses, right? When your soul is rested, did you know that you're then in a position to find rest, to find faith, to trust God? Look what Psalm chapter 130 says in verse 5. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. Look at this. I have put my hope in his word. I long for the Lord more than centuries long for the dawn. Yes, more than centuries long for the dawn. This is so important. Our soul has to learn to wait. We have to learn to operate in patience. Did you know timing is everything in this particular area? Sometimes we get out ahead of ourselves, and the things that are, are bogging us down, we're worried and anxious about, are the things that we got ahead of God on. I say this a lot to our staff, to our leaders, to the guys that I mentor, even to my own kids. I say, listen, you fail two ways as a believer. Right? The first way is you go too fast. You go too fast, you get out ahead of God, right? And you suffer harm, anxiety, fear, issues. The next is you go alone. You go alone. In other words, you, you don't have anyone in your life that helps you process what God's saying. So you go too fast and you go alone. That is a recipe to suffer harm. The next thing that we see here when we talk about rest is we need to learn to be grateful. This is important. So we're still, we wait, but in the waiting, in the waiting, in the not knowing every little thing that could possibly happen every moment of our life, we relinquish control, and in that moment, we move our heart to gratefulness. When's the last time you just stopped and reflected on God's goodness instead of all of your problems? Oftentimes, when we're still, we're taking a moment, we're so tempted to think about all that has to be done. Instead, flip it. Start thinking about all the things that have been done. To you, good by God. Psalm 116, verse 7. I love this. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. I want to challenge you as you're still, as you're waiting, to make sure that in those moments where you're waiting to hear from God, you're not sure what to do, slow down. Get some Christians around you that love you and help you. But in that gap, one of the best things you can do is reflect on God's goodness and grace. Go back and remember the times he's answered your prayers. Reflect on how he's changed your life and those around you. Learn to cultivate a heart of gratitude towards God every single day. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, the Apostle Paul writes this. I love this. Always be joyful. Joy comes from the inside. It doesn't come from the outside. Happiness comes from the outside. Joy starts in your heart. It starts with being still, with waiting on God and turning your heart to remembering his goodness in your life. Look what he says here. Be thankful in all circumstances. It doesn't say be, st- be thankful for every bad thing that happens to you. you. You shouldn't thank God, right, 
for all the bad things people do to you or happen to you in your life. But you can be thankful while you're walking through it. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. As we round our conversation, I'm going to give you this last prescription for rest. And it is so important. As a matter of fact, I would say it's probably been the most important thing I've insisted on in my life and even for our staff team and in our church. And it's this, take a Sabbath. So here we're still before God every day. We wait for God. We don't get ahead of God. We wait for God. In the waiting, we're thankful, we're grateful, we're giving joy, we're being joyful in it, not for it, but in it as we're waiting on God. But this next practice has been one of the most important things in my life personally, and it's taking a Sabbath. I I said take because nobody's going to give it to you. In our world that's so busy, everybody's moving all the time, nobody is thinking about you. You and I have to learn to take a Sabbath. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 3. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh, everything said, everyone say seven. The seven is a Sabbath day of complete rest. An official day for holy assembly. It is the Lord's Sabbath day and it must be observed wherever you live. Now when you study this in scripture... It teaches us about the Sabbath. This is actually in the Levitical laws of the Jewish people. It's being very, very specific here, but I want to break it down. Rest is so important to us that God commands us to do it. By the way, observing the Sabbath is right in there with don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal. Right? God puts it in the Ten Commandments because it is absolutely vital to you and I making sure that our hearts, that our souls remain attached to God. The Sabbath day is a day of rest where we celebrate and we worship God. We worship God. Six days rest. I'm going to make this real clear for you. Every six days, you work six days. On the seventh, everyone say seven. On the seventh, you rest. Now, for many of you, that's very easy. That's Sunday. That's a Sunday. You rest. How do you rest? You spend time with your family. You serve in your church. You gather together. You hear God's word. For many of you, this is a Sabbath. It's important. We don't want to get all legalistic, right? And all mean about it. Jesus says this to the Pharisee in Mark chapter 2, verse 27. They were trying to get mean and legalistic, and they forgot what the whole meaning of it was. Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of Sabbath. So in other words... According to Jesus, God made the Sabbath to be a life-giving day of rest and worship for you, not a rule for you to follow. So don't worry if your work doesn't quite line up with the traditional Sabbath. You can practice Sabbath during a 24-hour period after six days of work. For many of us, though, Sunday works really, really well. I would challenge you in sports leagues with your kids. I would challenge you putting anything on that Sabbath day that could take your attention back off of God and what he's doing in your life and in the world and in your family and put it on some other activity or some other thing. Did you know that if the enemy can't make us bad, he's going to make us busy? That's just the truth. And you and I, by taking a Sabbath, I'm going to review these points. Put these points back up for me. I'm going to review them. This is so important. This is God's prescription for rest. By the way, you can try it your other way. You see, many, many times we live for a vacation. 
But you weren't meant to live from vacation to vacation. And most of the time, you take a vacation and you come home feeling like you need a vacation from your vacation. How has God designed you to work? He's designed you to work from Sabbath to Sabbath, not from vacation to vacation. That's how we stay healthy in our soul. We're still, every single day, we wait for God. We don't get out ahead of God, right? We keep ourselves surrounded by Christians. We're grateful. We give, we give thanks in all circumstances. And finally, we don't ask permission. We don't make excuses. You and I have to learn to take a Sabbath. A Sabbath is 24 hours, 24 hours focused on God, his people, on family, rest, life-giving. Every six days, the seventh, everyone say seven, is the Sabbath. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much, Lord, for the power of your word. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in and through us as we learn what's good for the soul according to your word. Father, I pray for anybody in here, Father, that's far from you, they don't know you. I pray, God, that they would give their life to you. Holy Spirit, you would draw them, that they would surrender their life to you, Father, that their spirit would be made new, that they would be born again. Father, I pray for anybody in here that maybe follows Christ, but they've struggled with having a restless soul. They've struggled with rest. They're anxious, they're fearful. I pray, God, you would teach them a new practice. Father, that they would lean into your prescription for rest. Lord God, that they would keep their eyes focused on you, thankful, and always observing time every single week to focus on you and what you're doing in them and in, your, and in the world. God, may everything we do this week bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. You can stay connected with us at vintage.church or on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. Here at Vintage, we believe that church is more than a place or a weekend activity. It's a spiritual family where Jesus is the center of our lives personally and our relationships collectively. If you are in the Harker Heights, Fort Hood area, we would love to have you join us this week. You can learn more about us, our service times, and plan your visit by checking out our website at vintage.church. We hope to see you soon.